Greetings, investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Well, as you can see, we have switched to Zoom, and hopefully um, this will work out for us in the near future. Uh, thanks to all of our subscribers, uh, all of uh, the sponsors on uh, Patreon who contributed money to let us go ahead and switch to this. Tonight, our scenario is entitled The Secret of Castro Negro, and it was written by Mark Pettigrew and Sandy Peterson. It's part of a collection entitled Ghastly Adventures in Erudite Lore. I'm your GM, and this is episode eight. Our recap, once again, is done by Ken Trench, and as his character, Sam Steele. So, without further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Ken? As we light our torches and we descend about 30 feet into the tunnel, it suddenly opens to a large oval. My light catches a square block in the center of the cavern with a body slumped against it, no, no tie to it, with a burlap black bag over its head. The clothing is Julius's. The party turn to the source of the music. In the corner of the room skulks some thing the size of a buffalo, its shape undulating with moving hair, no cilia like something from a coral reef, alive, its colour changing and tentacles writhing, two of which are playing the flute. As the professors gasp, I turn and see the horror with my own eyes. I cry out. Immediately the nightmare beast moves. My instincts kick in and I begin to unload my barrows at this unnatural alien vision now moving towards us. Haston fires his shotgun and two bullets fly from my barrels and hit the disgusting mass. Haston sprays it with buckshot. A sick splattering sound and the amorphous evil continues to reach us and Haston throws one of the flaming torches on the gelatinous mass. It slows and bubbles, thank God. All that remains is its fetid entrails on the earthen floor. The professors find a pile of bones near Julius, small bones of children. Amongst them two skulls, distinctively the shape of Professor Godfrey and Professor Lane. Our fears have been realized. We have found our missing people. Haston picks up that macabre flute of unusual construction. As we make way to leave, we notice the walls are covered in glyphs like the ones in the cave dwellings, and a name, Yog sothoth is painted above that blasphemous altar. Haston grabs his skulls as evidence, and we bundle the raving Julius into the van and drive and don't stop until we reach Silver City, only stopping for some provisions. While on the way, we hatch a plan to head to Haston's Hopi tribe, and when we get there, we are greeted by the village elders. That grandfather tells us that we were expected, that he saw us in some kind of premonition. He administers some prayers and treatment to Julius, which seems to calm him a little bit. But we know that we need to head on and take Julius on to meet his family. We do that, and after a week of discussions and inquiry from the family, they, they decide to take him back to Boston, to some kind of institution. Poor man. Harlow then uses his not insignificant influence and is able to investigate the skulls that we brought back. We realize, we discover that it was David Lane's skull and it was Professor Godfrey's. We had found their grave in Castro Negro. Harlow then acquires the help of some detectives 
and they head on to Castronegro. We tell them about the child disappearances, but not some of that other stuff. We follow hot on their heels to head there and we camp outside of town. When we get into the, the countryside just below the village, we discover that the, the, the old barn has been burnt to the ground, all the evidence now deep in the ground. Damn them. We head up into the, the woods and set up camp. And when we're heading up there to find some kind of vantage point, we find a monolith, a big stone obelisk in a clearing. That place is dead silent. We scout about and find evidence of activity, including a watch with DL David Lane. We found the place of their murder, but we are here for vengeance. We are going to take these people to task. It's time for Castronegro to pay for the killings that they've done over the years, and we're gonna take it to the end. Excellent. All right. So you guys are, uh, you're heading back to your camp. What do you want to do next? I think I think if I remember correct, uh, we were going to do some kind of rendezvous with the detectives. Is that right? Yeah, I was going to. I wanted to sneak into the uh, town and and get their attention and find some way that they could come out and we can uh, slip them over to the to the stone and show them what's going on over there. Because I'm kind of figuring they're getting the uh, official tour of the town, which uh, doesn't include any of the uh, interesting stuff. And we found some interesting stuff and I want to make sure they get a eyeful of this. All right. So, well, I, yeah, I, I remember you saying you were going to do that, but you said you were going to go back to your camp just in case you need something. Yeah. And yeah, I uh, think you were going to wait until dark, weren't you? To sneak into town. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. All and right. I also want to check on uh, his knee's uh, leg there, make sure, you know, right, he, more than bruising, you know, he, and see if we can kind of kind of help him out with that. Um, why don't you do a, a first aid? Uh, made it. Hooray. Yay. So yeah, you, you you fix up his leg. I'll I'll give him I'll give him two points back because it's just a superficial wound. But you're gonna you're gonna still be sore and limp just a little bit. Okay. And Sam also stole a couple of the bear traps to bring back to our camp in case we had any visitors during the night as well. Okay. Um. All right. So who is going to head into town? And um, I'm planning on going because they'll recognize who I am and stuff, and I'll have better uh, chance of getting them to come join us. And, right. uh, so you're kind of sneaking your way, and, and is everybody else going to stay in camp? Can I ask um, Professor Harlow? Yes. So, uh, I'm just, it's partial memory. Um, What's the intent of the detectives? You're, you're looking to bring they're, them back to camp? Yeah, well, they're, they're uh, officially sent to 
investigate the town further, but um, I'm getting the feeling that they're going to, the, the people in the town are going to either, either going to ignore them completely, or if they actually get some kind of access to stuff, they're not going to be, they're not going to be put in the right location because these people are, are engaging in skullduggery and uh, they don't want their activities be known. So if we can see, uh, but we found evidence of stuff going on and uh, that we can, we can take them too. Except has, hasn't all that evidence been eliminated though? No, it's a standing stone. The standing stone and all that stuff there is evidence. I told the, they know about the altar and stuff and that the fact that there's the sacrifice stuff going on. I just didn't tell them about the things we encountered that were right. right out there. But I mean, there's no evidence except for a standing stone, right? Well, uh, no, we, we found uh, David Lane's watch and mm -hmm. the professor's uh, glasses at the standing stone as well. Okay. Yeah. Did we, we leave them there or did we bring those with us? Brought them as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Okay. And I took pictures of the, of the uh, artifacts and the, and the area too. Okay. Professor Hisley, do an idea roll just because you're questioning. 23 is a pass. Okay. Dawns on you that if you had any evidence, the watch, the, the glasses, you've removed them. At this point, you could have had those all along. Mm -hmm. They're not really evidence. It also dawns on you that somebody blew up the barn, wrecked it all. Who's to say it wasn't you guys? Yeah. But I took photos of, uh, of the artifacts where they were at. But the chances of, of getting the photos together, it's going to be about a week before we can we can really show them get them developed and show them if we can get them developed so that's a problem there well you're the one with more of a reputation mm -hmm. with the police but there are some risks involved yeah so is your your plan still in motion you're going to go sneak down into town Unless anybody else has a better idea of how we're going to do this, because we need to get their attention on this standing stone as well as what we found. And, um, but, Professor Isney, you do bring a good point that they could take things otherwise. I mean, even with my reputation amongst them. Gentlemen, do you have any other ideas? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to throw a monkey wrench into it. I just was trying. No, to actually, that's a good clear. thing. Uh, so, sir, that's a good thing. In fact, um, we need to be careful about this and how we handle it. I mean, there's a possibility the villagers could set us up a bit. Yeah, talking to the detectives and giving a slightly or a, a very different story. Um, mm -hmm. Having said that, the only other thing that we can do is we either stake out the standing stone up in the hill near where we are or we go and 
snoop around the Diaz house, which is where the rotting vegetation was around the tomb and all that. That's mm-hmm. our kind. That's our kind of two options, I reckon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will do any harm speaking to the detectives. Put it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And if if the professor wants some company, if you feel a bit like it's maybe a bit dangerous, that's fine. I can come with you. Um, if not, if you want to just sneak in and go and speak to them, I'll go talk with them and um, let them know that we've been we found some evidence on our own, and I've uh, made some I've made some photographs. Um, and that we're, we're we and we've been poking around and um, and just let them know that uh, you know we we're kind of keeping an eye on them from our vantage point and trying to get the information because and I'm also going to let them know that I'm you know I really believe that these guys are going to are trying to pull the wool over their eyes and stuff. We do have some evidence that we can we can uh, provide. I think that's fair enough. Sounds yeah. fair enough, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you are heading towards the, the village, mm-hmm. um, you're heading you're heading north up towards the village. Yeah. Um, as you're getting on the outskirts, you're now about to start crossing oh, what the equivalent are of backyards. Mm-hmm. Um, to the edge of the of the town you'll be coming up from the the south um let's say uh say you're somewhere right about in the middle of the the town across from the across from the the church mm-hmm. uh near the near the tobacconists mm-hmm. uh, how do you want to proceed uh-huh. it's it's evening now probably about okay. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Uh, any evidence as to uh, where the uh, detectives may be? Uh, you have no idea. Offhand? Okay. Do I see their car? Um, in front of the hotel. Yeah, you see it over there by the hotel. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go quietly, you know, sticking to the to the shadows and backways there. Go by the hotel and keep an eye out. See if I uh, see them come. In or out. Why don't you do a stealth roll for me? Okay. Not the most stealthiest, but... Failed. Uh, by how much? Um, uh, by 20. Okay. Well, you didn't get a crit. You didn't get no. a critical fail. No. Okay. No critical. Um, as you're walking along, you see other people in the town walking about on their business. Um, you're pretty much, you're pretty sure they've seen you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's reacted. You don't recognize anybody that you've seen. Right. Well, and if I, I do get seen, I kind of just kind of play it nonchalantly. And you said you're heading towards the hotel? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm sorry. Did you say you were going to go in, or did you say you were just going to stake it out? Um, I'm just going to be staking it out where I can see, you know, the front door in and out. Okay. And kind of, you know, keep an eye on my back just in case if you know somebody comes up that way. But well, 
you're there for 20 minutes and you don't see anybody coming in or out. Okay. They could already be in. Mm -hmm. They could be at the bar. Okay. Uh, is there a window to, to the bar nearby that I can take a quick peek in? No, not really. It's not a speakeasy, really. so there's kind of dark okay. and right. Right. and and atmospheric inside. <laughs> okay. So what would you like to do? Um, can I clarify? Are we all together or is this just Harlow? It's just Harlow. It's just me. I asked if you all were staying in town in the in the camp. Well, I thought I heard Steele say he was going, so I wasn't sure. Oh, Steele, did you say you were going? Uh, no, I think Harlow wanted to just head down himself. It's okay. fine. All right. All right. Um, I'm sorry. So, uh, so Dr. Yeah. Harlow. Um, is there a way to peek into the restaurant area of the uh, of the hotel, see if they might be there? Um, maybe. Go ahead and do a, a spot hidden. Made it. Standard success. As you sort of get yourself near a window and peek in, uh, it just so happens at that moment you see the two detectives uh, getting their key and going upstairs. Okay. Okay, as I recall, is there a um, back door with a back stairs access away from the... Uh... It's not unlocked. Okay. Well, I'm just what I'm thinking is if there's a back uh, access where I could go up the stairs without, or or a set of stairs without being seen. Oh, there's no stairs on the outside, but there's okay. like a there's like a door going into the kitchen area. Okay. Um, it's not open though at the moment. Okay. So what you gonna do? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna just kind of kind of wait around a bit, see if they come down within about next 10, 15 minutes. If not, then I'm gonna head back to camp. Okay. Um, they probably don't have a reason to come down, so they don't. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna head back to camp. All right. What are the rest yeah. of you doing while you're in camp? Toasting marshmallows. Sharpening my giant Bowie knife. Are they evil marshmallows? <laughs> I thought I thought Hesney, you now have a scythe, no? I did have one at one point. I don't think I brought it with me though. Damn. Yeah, we took the scythe with us, but uh, I don't think I brought brought mine with me. Thought maybe Hesney was practicing his flute playing. <laughs> Um, I, th I think maybe while with the professors are we kind of staking out the town um, we just finish off uh, taking some equipment up to the hideaway near the standing stone um, we were trying to kind of put a little bit of a supply up there uh, including some fuel and okay. uh, explosive stuff and all that just in case there's going to be a big standoff at any point right 
Um, so I guess Sam would probably finish off doing that and, and rejoin at the camp. Okay. So uh, you're at the camp. Is there anything else you want to do before uh, Harlow comes back? I, I guess we probably wait for Harlow so we don't split up and okay. uh, if if nothing I mean my suggestion guys would be if nothing much happens up here tonight we head over to the Diaz place um, maybe later on in, you know, in the middle of the night or something like that and stake it out so Harlow Dr. Harlow left right around uh, oh, 7.45 or so and it's now it's about 8.45, uh, maybe almost 9 o'clock, when he comes back through the bushes looking very disappointed. Hey, guys. Uh, the detectives there, and they're safe, but I didn't have a chance to be able to make contact with them without causing any trouble. I was already apparently uh, making some noise. I think I got seen by some of the townsfolk, but they didn't seem too shocked one way or another so I'm so uh, I'm not too concerned but at the same time my intention uh, I, I wasn't able to to meet my intention with uh, getting the, the detective's attention what were they doing when you found them they were going up to, to their room at the hotel uh, they looked like they were safe so it doesn't look like anybody's bothered them so Hopefully anybody that's watching them thinks that things are calm for the night and that gives us some cover. We want to go back into town. There's another thing that I was thinking about on the way back that I, I could do is, and probably um, be successful with is I could, I could come into the town to meet the detectives in the open uh, as uh, you know, delivering a message from, uh, from uh, HQ and in a, uh, in Albuquerque, and um, that if we can't get get a hold of them any other way, that might be a way we could do it. Because I have a good rep with the um, with the uh, the sheriff, at least uh, initially, and uh, having me come in wouldn't be too suspicious. But so I kind of like just driving out of here and, and and pulling into town tonight to talk to him, but doing it very openly. Not tonight. But I'm thinking maybe tomorrow sometime if something doesn't doesn't happen, uh, not drive and not driving in, uh, walking walking into town. Wasn't Stuff. that more suspicious if you just come walking in through the woods versus driving in? I could always say that I got the car. I, I parked the car outside of town and uh, went went for a walk. But. I mean, that's that's if we you know we want to risk uh, our ride. I mean, if we don't if we want to risk our ride, I can drive it into town. I think either way, it's not a bad idea to meet them, you know, in the morning or something like that. Uh, you you would be the guy that would be doing that anyway, you know, logically. Okay. So. Yeah. How about I? How about I go in in the morning and and talk with them, and while you guys keep an eye on things on the. Uh, in the background there. And then that way we I can 
make contact, I can come up with a good story to, to, to tell the sheriff and tell and initially tell the, uh, the investigators. And uh, then I can talk to the investigators off to the side and, and let them know what's, what's happened and that we're gonna need to take them out uh, to where we were at there with the yeah. standing stone. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that's good. At the very least, you can also hear any kind of preliminary kind of discussion they've had with people and things like yeah. that, you know. Exactly. The question, um, the question arises, do we want to, do, do you guys want me to risk taking the car in? I don't know as it matters too much. I mean, if there was a bus that morning, I can't, you know, I'm not sure what day it is, but you remember the buses ran a certain day. Yeah. If it was a day that the bus ran, then it would make sense. You're just walking into the hotel. That's true. That's true. So. Question for you. Did you guys, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys brought various bits of equipment with you when you came mm -hmm. back. I remember you saying dynamite. Well, that's any other any other interesting things with you when you came back i think it was kerosene dy some dynamite That's not right, a lot but, but some uh we certainly loaded up an extra fuel um made sure we were well stocked with firearms and ammo yep that was it really i think um all right more so camping stuff and 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 survival based things as well so it's about nine o'clock um, you've made your plans for tomorrow morning. What are you going to do now at nine o'clock? So, uh, so Mr. Steele, you mentioned that you wanted to go check out the Diaz place. It's an option. Yeah. Okay. I mean, tell I, you what. I th go ahead. I, I think the standing stone is a, possibly the prime site. We don't know, you know, but the, with the evidence of the glasses and the watch. So if, if they're going to get up to any shenanigans on the hillside, then uh, I'm I'm guessing it would be later on at night, so we could potentially go over and check it out. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Or should we stay at this location and just stake it out for the night? I'm I'm a little torn. Um, only like in my mind, we have nothing on Diaz. We've never even seen him. We don't even know what he looks like, except he's probably got black hair and green eyes. <laughs> um, so part of me wants to go and check his house out, but at the same time, it's the middle of the night, so I don't even know if we would even see anything or witness anything unusual. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. A little lost. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm willing to uh, to bet that he he's definitely involved. I mean, this is, uh, you know, his tomb his tomb area down there, the 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 vault, you know, is all treated just like this area is over by the monolith and was down uh, at the barn. And uh, you know, the grandfather, he said that this, uh, uh, you know, these people were evil. I mean, and sure enough, when we look at that monster we found down there, the 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 blobby thing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Lane and uh, Doc Godfrey are, are dead. I mean, 
I don't think there's, yeah, I don't know. In my mind, I, I'm not even questioning innocence. I don't know that's my place to judge, but I, I really am not questioning innocence. Well, I'm not either, but uh, the, th the fact of the matter is we need some, if we're going to, we might be able to do some stuff on our own, but if we don't get any evidence, um, if we have consequences later, we don't have everything to back up our actions, or if we need to really get the police involved in the in this, again, we don't have any evidence to to justify it. I mean, I was able to get enough for them to get the detectives out here, but you know, and I argued lo long hours with the with the chief of police there in Albuquerque, and he's not he's not entirely convinced i mean he was convinced enough with uh you know my findings with the skulls to look into it further but i'm thinking they're going to give those detectives a run around and, and make sure they're out of there as soon as possible and uh keep anything that's incriminating on the down low as they as they say in the uh inner cities harlow what's your intent overall are you trying to do this by the book my intent is to take care of these guys i mean i saw those dang babies and these guys don't need to be doing doing their stuff mm -hmm. they don't need to be they don't need to be taking more children or animals or any of this stuff and that thing that we saw and they're involved in something that's way the heck out there that i can't even personally comprehend mm -hmm. i've never seen anything like this before and with what what you know grandfather said over at the at the at the Ho at the hopi town and stuff these guys have got to pay but at the same time we have to be careful because yeah, it's one thing to go it's one thing to go there throw kerosene on everything and light a match and then toss some dynamite for good measure but if the police are involved that are in a way that's not on our side we're looking at justification that we need to come up with i want to take these guys down if i had some way to freaking get a get a tank and drive through drive it through the town and crush everything and light the place on fire i would but there are innocents in there and there are and there are people there that that we need to we need to find the ex exact instigators there and get the, get them out I, I like the professor's new plan of a tank i, I think we could <laughs> we could uh do an a team and get lots of stuff around our van Flamethrowers. <laughs> hey, I got to, I got to, I got to ride in a. T I got to work with the with the British Tank Corps back during the war, and nasty machines, hot as hell inside, <clears throat> but they can go through anything, and and wreck it. That's why I say tank. I mean, it just just wreck the whole freaking thing, tear it down. Okay, so. We know that you guys sit around the campfire bullshitting. <laughs> yeah, I'm torn. After you've done all the bullshitting, what do you guys do? Okay, here, here's how I see it. We stay up here on the hillside and stake it out. Or 
we go over to, I would suggest, the tomb where the vegetation was all corrupt and, and all that um, near the Diaz house. Knowing that potentially if we go into another underground scenario, we really need to go armed to the teeth just in case. Um, so, Sam, do a, a luck roll. Sam's feeling lucky tonight. Um, you just remembered that you did bring a crowbar. There we go. Right. Anybody want to go to the tomb with me and we'll bust open that padlock? Yeah, I'm up for that. Yes, I'll, stick the, I'll stick either with the camp or, or staking out the stone, whichever y'all feels is more important. We, we don't want you tied to the stone <laughs> and being okay. tonight's, tonight's dinner, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a bit wary about leaving one person. All right, I'll go. I'll go, you're... but I also agree we need to be armed to the teeth with this because we don't know what we're going to find. Well, it just occurred to me. I mean, this that tomb was within uh, pretty close distance of the home. We are down in a tomb, and we open fire. There's it seems to me it's likely they're going to hear that. Yeah. So yes, if it comes down to that, uh, we, we we can pretty much guarantee we're going to have a lot more company too. Um. However, the tomb. Just to clarify, it's probably half a mile away from the house it's just that the house is on the hill right there so we've got the cover of darkness so it should help us sneak about a bit okay and if we hear any flute music <laughs> we know we're in trouble should we take dynamite yeah why not let's take some kerosene some dynamite and lots of ammo Okay. All right. So um, you're going to kind of take the long way around because you don't want to go into the town. Um, but I'd say it's probably about 9.30 or, or, or 9.45 when you've reached the town and you've skirted around behind the Herrera Hotel and you're heading... Uh, north from there, which you're already familiar with the area since you've been there before. Um, once you're on the road out of town, uh, it, it, it crests up to the top of the, the rise, and then it starts going down towards the tomb, and then you can see the Diaz house there in the distance um, sort of looming up darkly. There are no lights on in the Diaz house find that kind of odd guys yep pretty strange come on tom does it have to be looming up darkly can it be like well lit and inviting it's yeah, shining, inviting. shining gloriously from the top of the hill nice flowers with a strange greenish hue <laughs> there's a light over at the deepest place <laughs> everybody take out the can there lighter Look. There's, there's a maid standing at the door with lemonade for us. The, uh, yes. And you find out this was all arranged by the, 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 the Albuquerque PD <laughs> as a surprise. <laughs> April Fools. Uh, or it's like, 
hi, Mr. Diaz. <laughs> well, we've been helping out Mr. Diaz for a long time. Well, <laughs> um, now the, the, the evening itself is pretty well lit just by the moon. Uh, it's not a full moon, but uh, it probably will be in a couple of days. I believe that is a gibbous moon. Waxing. Is it waxy? Yeah. Can somebody remind me too? I remember we saw a big Rottweiler back at the stone. Did that, was that just a vision or was that a real dog? No, I think you're thinking of um, when we escaped with Julius. Julius kind of came to and he told us when he was abducted, he saw something like a huge black dog with green eyes and then he was knocked unconscious. Oh, okay. So that was Julius's story just before he blacked out. Oh, okay. Okay. So. So Sam goes in with the you've, you've made it, You've made it down to the hill and you've approached the big gigantic marble doors with the big chain and, and lock on it. Um it's dark. It's spooky. You don't hear any crickets or anything. Um, you heard crickets back when you were near the town, but there's no crickets out here. There's no sound of anything at all. It's dead silent. No Lo music. Looming dead silence. Is there a kind of greenish mist creeping around the front no, of the tomb? No. no. Okay. Okay, so Sam wants to just get close up to the door, make sure there's nobody in view and, and bust open that lock. Okay. While Sam's doing that, can any of us see a direct line to the house? Oh, yeah, you can see it. The house is literally right there. Okay. The, the, the tomb door sort of faces in the direction of the house. But it's still, like I say, about a half a mile uh, up the hill. I want to keep you an can, eye on the house while everybody's busting around the tomb. That's you okay. can see there's kind of a winding path that goes up the side of the hill. It's a rather steep hill. And then a big, big black looming house on the top of it. <laughs> now I'm gonna... It's like, like a foot trail that comes down, not like the, the road that led up to the house from the town, right? Correct. It's more, more maybe, maybe three or four feet wide. And it's just a dirt path going up. Occasionally there's stairs cut in. Um, all right. Um, Go ahead and do a strength roll for me. Uh, actually, do it with a bonus dice because you've got a crowbar. Maybe you don't even need it. While they're doing that, I'm going to keep an eye on the house, see if anything stirs over there. Yeah, no problem. Pass. Okay. Now do a luck roll. You can see my facial expressions way too easy in this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a field lock roll. Okay. Um, when you bust the lock, it makes a rather large clank. And everybody kind of jumps. Anything going on at the house? Nothing. Okay. All right. Uh, you remove the, the padlock and, and, and the chains separate. Uh, the door itself is a big marble vault door. Um, it's going to take some strength to open it. There's a big, there's a big handle, of course, big iron handle on the, 
on the front of the door. I'm just going to say with uh, you don't have any trouble. Um, it slides open, but it's 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 pretty uh, pretty old. Does does it feel like it's not been opened in a long time? It's kind of rusting or a little bit, but you do distinctly get the smell of decay. Dead human decay smells. Not really strong, but must must musky musty. Is this the same kind of decay smell we got from the? Oh no, no. This smells like going into an old tomb. Earthy sort of smell. If I had some better humor, I'd make a joke about this. But it's uh, it's dark inside the door, and you can see that there are stairs leading down, marble stairs. Uh, the area is fairly wide, like uh, maybe at least six feet wide. And the, uh, the tomb is built into the side of the hill. Um, but there's maybe six steps going down into what looks like a vault. There's no other doors. And, yeah, okay. and what, what do you have for illumination? Because you haven't used illumination up until now. Yeah, Sam's got a torch. Okay. By that, you mean a flashlight, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when the flashlight hits, or is there any um, footprints in the dust? Um, there's a lot of dust and dirt on the floor. And yeah, you can see that there's, there's lots of footprints. Um, probably, once again, some of them are human. Some of them look like this boot with the cross and the heel. Mm, that's what I was, that's what I was figuring. Um, but they look old. The, the, the footprints, um, have dust in the footprints. So it's been a while since anybody's been in here. Doesn't look like anybody's been here in a while. Now, when you shine your light around, all right, well, first of all, you're going to go down the stairs. Yeah. Shine it, shine the light down and, uh, kind of just tentatively head down. When you're going down, everything in here echoes. It echoes because it's a big blocky stone marble room. As you go down the uh, the vault is maybe 20 feet wide and maybe 60 feet deep. It's very, very simple. It's rectangular. Um, there are a number of uh, pillars uh, that are that are holding up the, the ceiling, or they're just there for support. But you can see dead ahead of you, there are sarcophagi. Um, they're big, blocky things uh, with some sort of carvings all over them. They don't have lids on them. And you're not sure, but you think there's at least 20 of them going off into the darkness, 10 on each side. You would walk down the center with them on each side of you. So you're still, you know, 15 feet away from the first ones. Uh, this is getting spooky, guys. <laughs> I have my gun drawn at this point. Okay. Yeah. And I'm ner nervous. Yeah, Sam, Sam's feeling the anxiety from the underground cavern kind of thing, and he takes his gun out as well and 
uh, kind of looks at the professors and starts to head towards the first uh, sarcophagus. Kind oh. of holding it. Kind of holding a torch up to see, you know, it's a surprise. There's not any, you know, they're open. So right. kind of holding the torch up to get a, a picture of what's going as, on in there. As you approach the sarcophagus, um, they're just basically rectangle uh, sort of receptacles um, about six feet by three feet wide. Um, and as you, you approach, you know, your light begins to, crest over the edge of the uh, the sarcophagus and you can see that in the first one there is an old desiccated body could have been there for it looks almost mummified perhaps by the dry arid uh, New Mexico air um, a, it's, a... it's ghastly because it's you know it's but it's skeleton sort of showing in its teeth and um it's long stringy uh what may have been black hair um is there a plaque or a name there is on the outside there is you see fernando de diaz 1594 to 1683 Okay, I just draw that. What are the rest of you doing? Other than hiding behind. I I was just starting to type that out. I'm not going all the way in. I'm staying by the door and listening to what's what, if anything's approaching from outside. And I've got my I've got the uh, the shotgun loaded and safety off. So I'm kind of back at the top of the stairs still. Okay. I'm down. I'm down with uh, Sam with my own light to keep it to look at the look at the stuff. Probably marveling at the uh, the uh, corpse of uh, Mr. Diaz there uh, and uh, how well preserved he is. The um, well, I wouldn't say he's well preserved. Well, all things considered, uh, yeah. Um. You begin to realize that every coffin, every sarcophagus, has a dead body in it, more or less in the same state, a a sort of contorted, twisted cadaver that's dried out, um, its mouth wide open, its uh, teeth. Now that you look, the teeth are not quite right either. There's something something really canine about them. Not quite like you'd imagine a vampire, but the shape of the teeth, they're, they're too big in the front. They're almost, almost beaver-like. Uh, it's definitely a deformation, you know, of the, which you've seen in some of the people in town. This, uh, has, this, my, this, has, this has Rob's interest here. He's going to take a closer look, see if he can clean anything. Um, you definitely get some of the hair is white because this person is probably very old. Some of it is black, but you you can definitely see that the the Diaz uh, the the that's uh, not just Diaz. Um, you find, as I say, there's like twenty bodies. You find Fernando de Diaz. Uh, you find Francisco, uh, Renardo. Uh, you find Filippo Valela Pereira. Um, 
Isabella, John de Diaz, various names going back. And um, you also can see at this point now that you're looking is at the far end of the room, down the row of sarcophagi, there is a single other sarcophagi on a little dais, a little, now I can't say dais, dais yeah. raised up just a little bit, but a single one there facing you know, this way. So uh, any placker yeah. indications on that one? Well, are you going to go all the way down there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So you, you see various years as you're going along. Um, they're in kind of an order going all the way from 1594 all the way to uh, 1893. And then the one that's in the middle at the very end uh, says Bernardo de Diaz. And the date on it is 1582 blank. And there is nothing in that sarcophagus. Interesting. Scan about with uh, the flashlight around that area. Is there anything that looks like it's been disturbed or left there, possessions or anything in the sarcophagi there? You don't see anything like that, but there are some very strange carvings. Uh, his sarcophagus is most definitely fancier than the others. Um, there are these strange carvings of a creature. Is it a rat, maybe? Or is it covered in carvings of rats? Or something like a rat? Uh, reminds you a little of the thing that you saw in El Tumba. Um, that was stuffed, but it's different somehow. It's hairier or fluffier or whatever. It's very strange. And they're carved with little fangs and uh, very strange looking. Um, I've, I forgot something, but uh, go ahead and do a spot hidden. Yeah, pass. Okay. This is especially for Dr. Harlow, too, because he was actually looking at the body. Pass, but barely. You've, you've noticed, and I, I should have said it before, you've noticed that each of the, car, the corpses mm -hmm. is clutching in its hands one of those little statues. Hmm. Harlow, did you, did, did you have your camera with you and would it, would it work in this, these dark conditions, no? It might. I don't know about the exposure on it since we're not using a proper flash on it with it, but... Uh, There's pretty much no light down here except for your flashlight. Okay. Yeah, the flashlights might give us enough to get a okay exposure. We could try. I don't know about you, Professor, but this is creeping the hell out of me. I mean, what are these statues that are all over town? They're obviously some kind of protection uh, against something. Either that or there's some kind of um, like fetish idol 
that has something to do with uh, what they're doing here. Do you, do you remember when we um, uh, interviewed the neighbours to David at David Lane's house, and they told us that the people that were standing outside, the women told us that there was at least one of the guys had some kind of buck teeth or deformed looking yep. teeth. So there's I some kind that. of horrible genetic something. The other thing that struck my mind, everybody, is here we are crawling about a tomb and the house has no lights on. It's in bad a bad state of repair for a, a wealthy, you know, town owner, whatever. Um, maybe it's the house that's... <laughs> That's really the real tomb, you know? Could be. It could be that they got something going on in the house or under the house. And this could just be the old, you know, the, the old repository for stuff, which is what it looks like. I have not seen anything uh, in regards to any activity here for a long time. I don't know about you, Harlow, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm quite up for getting out of here. I yeah, me really too. Like I don't like it. Um, let's try and take a couple pictures and get and get out as quick as we can. Okay. As he's doing the camera thing, I have a question. Mm -hmm. When uh, you know, I I was I have a flashlight in my pocket, but I'm not using them. Depending on the other guys, but I'm curious if when when we were noticing all the names that we saw, mm -hmm. how many Bernardos did we see? None, except the last one, Bernardo de Diaz. That's what I thought. And there's no one there. So do you guys remember the fact that we had several death and birth dates? For Bernardo de Diaz. For Bernardo, and now there's only one. And none of the de Diaz's are, bur are buried up in the main cemetery, so they wouldn't be there. No. I mean, if you if you if you were insane and believed in impossible things, it's almost like the same guy is being born again and again and again. Well, or... after what we've experienced and stuff, uh, I I hate to say it, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, everything's telling me no, this can't happen. But really, I wouldn't have believed in that thing we saw over under the barn there. So look look at the date in that sarcoph sarcophagus, right? That's an old date, and there's no body in there, but the, the rest of them are full of bodies. And yeah. there's not a there's not a death date on there either. That's I, right. Yeah. Uh, I want to get out of here, guys. I don't know Let's about get you. Out. Okay. Let's try and cover this up as best as we can. Before before we go, I'm just thinking because last time when Hisney, I know it didn't seem to work out that way when Hisney had suggested that there's maybe some connecting tunnels and things maybe in the town. Around about that sarcophagus, Tom, is there any kind of panels or strange elements to the walls or anything like that? Or No, it looks pretty solid. Okay. If there's anything, like, it's probably under the house. Up yeah. on the hill. I think we want to move away from here. Okay. Let's, let's go, gentlemen. Okay. And so before we head out, I'm going to make sure we kind of leave things so that uh, offhand it doesn't look like anything happened here. Is there any expensive jewelry on any of the corpses? Mm -mm. Actually, jewelry. that's that's a good question. Would make no jewelry. Sense. There would it would make would make sense that they've all got jewelry. Indiana Hesney. I'm tempted, but I won't. When you try to take it, they go. <laughs> <laughs>
there's there's a little medallion. It looks like a hound, and when you pull it away, you hear <laughs> the, the baying of the hound the in the distance. <laughs> okay, like like I think as we head out, if it all goes well and nobody attacks us, um, we just kind of drape the chain over and I try and put the padlock together as best I can. Okay, uh, Aston, we're coming up. Don't shoot. Well, you can't. You can't uh, put the padlock back together. However, you can make it look like it's, you know, sort yeah. of together. Um, there is now a light on up on the second story of the, uh, the Didia's house. It looks like it might be on the far side well, it's not on the far side, but it's on the one of the far. Uh, it's on the second story up. On it's not the closest window to you; it's farther away. Who has the dynamite? It's also kind of dim, like kerosene light, not uh, electric electricity. Gentlemen, I suggest that we uh, get to the bushes and stuff so that it can't be seen. Quiet. Okay, do you do you want <laughs> do you want to kind of work our way around the perimeter? And has anybody got like uh, binoculars with them or something like that? I don't know. Do a luck roll. I didn't think to bring him. I wasn't lucky. Yeah, you weren't expecting. Well, no, you had you had binoculars when you were climbing up the hill, though, weren't you? To see I think so. Kind of vantage point. Mm -hmm. I think so. So okay, you you still got binoculars. Shall we just stay in the kind of undergrowth and work our way around a bit, and just try and peer in with the binoculars? See if we see any old hag with huge teeth or anything like that. <laughs> well, I think it's a lot better idea than just walking straight up the road. We've got this path over here too. That's it will cut through the uh, through the trees and up the hill if we need to take that. And yeah, uh, Tom, if we do go underneath the, I mean, is this does this get rocky or is there a cliff or some sort of natural formation we have to um, navigate? Well, it gets pretty steep. Um, there's uh, uh, you you could say that it's rocky, but it's not really climbable. Uh, if you're talking about the the thing that the Diaz house sets on, yeah, um, it starts out rather gently as a slope, but it gets very steep very quickly, and it's probably at least sixty feet up and large. I mean, there's a whole house built up on that thing. Area. You can see that the shape of the house it's it's kind of an old style house. Uh, there's definitely a balcony uh, on the second floor that goes all the way across the front of the house and sticks out a little in the middle so that if you were approaching the front door, you'd be underneath the balcony where the front door would be. But you can only see that you're kind of guessing that because you're seeing it from an odd angle. You can't see the front door. Okay.
It looks like it probably has an attic too. Okay, so any luck with any kind of view up to that room with the light once we can ascend the hill a little bit? Um, no, actually, in order to ascend up to that level, uh, you'll be getting closer to the hill. So your, your whole view will be cut off uh, as you're going up the winding thing up there. You probably won't get a view of the house again until you've actually come up onto the the level of the house. Yeah, it's only 60 feet up, but it's a 60 quick feet going up when we get there. Yeah. What, what do you want to do? Do you want to do some breaking and entry? Well, maybe we creep around the house and see if we can see in the window. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Do you see any signs of a dog? Is there a dog house? Can't see that from here. Have the crickets started again, or was that only in the tomb? Well, that was uh, uh, well. You're still kind of in that area, um, so uh, wherever that dead area was, that's okay. I don't hear anything. As you're approaching the house, maybe off in the distance, it still looks like there's a lot of dead growth near the house. All right, quit it, Tommy. You're using the word dead too much. All right. Um, I should just go to dead silence. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, you're going you're gonna to go up the path to the house? Is that what the plan was? Yeah, let's just... Shall we do it? Okay. All right. So you start heading up towards the house... So you're coming up from, uh, let's see, over the, the eastern side, and you're moving your way up. Um, the gray, uh, the first gray area there, that's kind of a little platform, and it's above that that the, the balcony is. Um, as you get to the top of the, uh, the, the last steps before you, you're just on the, on the, the brown part, the, the mountain itself. Um, do a stealth roll, all of you. Fail. Extreme success. Okay. Extreme at odd one. <laughs> Fail. Nobody can see me. All right. Um, you guys take a few steps towards the house and suddenly um, uh, whoever, whoever failed um, has to you, you kick a rock and the rock sort of rolls ahead of you makes a, makes a clunkety clunk noise. And a couple seconds later around the, uh, the right hand side of the house, uh, where the where it says library, you see a couple of pairs of green eyes close to the ground uh, coming around in your direction, and you're pretty sure that they are big freaking Rottweilers with glowing green eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that's 
what I did not want to see. I'm going to freeze. Sam aims his gun at the animals, but he's quite well hidden, I'm guessing, still. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to just crouch and take aim. Um, there is a moment when the, the they, they come around the front porch and one of them sniffs the air and the other one sort of freezes and starts growling. And then you can see them see you, the, the people who failed their stealth. And you know the next moment they're going to come running at you. So you guys have the initiative if you want to do something before they start coming at you. What distance are they at now? What would you <clears throat> classify that as? About uh, 30 feet. Sam, Sam, Sam still got the crowbar on him. Sam launches the crowbar full force at whatever the one that looks like it's getting ready to go. Okay. Um, go ahead and do a throw roll. How old are you, Heston? Do you know what? I've just seen my score for throw. <laughs> 35. 35. So I, I, I might just hold on to the crowbar and try and <laughs> swipe at it. Rewind time a little bit. All right. Or, or, or do you want me to throw it? I don't mind. Well, you said you were going to throw it. so. Okay, okay. I'll throw it. I'll throw it. And uh, I'll launch it with all my strength and it lands on the ground in front of me. <laughs> If you roll a 99 or a 100, <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> it, it was 88. <laughs> that goes about 10 feet because it slips out of your hand. Anyways, um, anybody else? I'm hiding, staying hidden, staying still. Dr. Hisney? I'm standing extremely still, hoping they don't. Oh, they see you guys. Yeah. And All I right. still have my gun drawn, and I'm not going to shoot until they start charging me. Uh, so in the next second, they both start running at you at full speed. That's when I shoot. All right. Go ahead and do a firearms roll. Can we not just wrestle them, guys? It's a bit quieter. Uh, not, not now. Uh, poor dogs. <laughs> Do I roll for both at the same time? It's a double barrel, or is it one roll for both? Just, just roll for one. Okay. Uh, I, I, success. Yeah, just a regular success, though. Okay. I got a double zero. Very rarely okay. do I roll those. Uh, you blow the first dog's head off. Okay. Okay. The other one, unflinchingly, is still coming. So, was somebody else going to? Do something? Yes, I'd shot and hit actually. Okay, roll for damage. What's my damage? D10. Five points. Okay, you wound him. Um, and um, as that happens, you see two more come around the corner of the house, and they're they're not hesitating; they're running. So they've heard the noise. Um, 
How about the rest of you? Uh, even if you're trying to hide, they're coming at you. You have three dogs. Sam lunges for the, the crowbar again. He's just going to get laid into them with the crowbar. Okay. Do a dexterity roll. Yeah, extreme success. Okay. You you do a roll on your side. You grab the bar and you're back on your feet in one smooth move. And then I swing for the one first one that comes my way. Okay. We'll say the one that's closest is the one that was wounded. Okay. Go ahead and uh, brawl. Okay, that's a hit. And damage with a crowbar, I guess, what, 1d6 probably? A club. Uh, 1d8 plus your damage bonus. Oh, goody. Um, uh, four points of damage. Uh, that's enough to put him down. So you've brought it down on his skull and, and knocked him down. That's pretty hard to do with a Rottweiler too, but you've got an iron bar in your hand. Sam lifts the bar up and goes, pest control. The other, the other two will be there on the next round. Um, uh, Dr. Hisney, I mean, Dr. Uh, Dr. Haston, what do you want to do? How long does it take to reload? Is that a full round? Yeah, I think so, because you, you shot both barrels. Right. Yeah. Um, Dr. Harlow? So I got one directly uh, onto me, or is he still off? Uh, he'll be here next round. Okay. All you can see is those big, gigantic jaws with uh, bone-crushing teeth. All right. Pull out the shotgun. All right. Go ahead. All right. Ninety-nine. I blow out the top window. You uh, <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, do a dex roll for me. Oh boy. Ooh. Bad shell. Uh, make it. Okay. You uh, you bring the gun up to fire and you fire right over their heads, and when you do, it almost knocks you back off your feet when the the blast goes off. Great. Okay. Uh, let's see. Go back to uh, Sam. Uh, the 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 fourth dog is upon you. Okay. Sam swings the crowbar at it. Okay. That's a success. And how good of a success? Uh. Uh, 15, 15% success. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, all right. Uh, you swing it at him and you connect. Go ahead. How much damage? Four, four points. Okay. Uh, he's wounded. Um, doctor, I've lost track. Uh, Dr. Hisney. So I get one on Sam. What are the other two? I lost track. There's of just one other. One, the two have been killed. Uh, one is on Sam. One is on 
Dr. Harlow, I believe. Who just Do fell Dr. Shit. Harlow has wounded him. So one one fully fully going dog and one that's been injured. The injured one was just done by Sam, right, with the crowbar. That's correct. Okay. How close is the one to Harlow? Is it like right on him, or is it's, it still it's, running? It's just it's lunging. Or try to shoot that one. Basically, what I'm trying to find, figure out is, am I at risk of shooting my companions? Okay. Nope, miss. Okay. You also, you're too afraid that you're going to hit Dr. Harlow, so you, you miss aim and fire over their heads. Mm -hmm. The dogs are completely unperturbed by the gunfire. Um, uh, Dr. Haston. Okay. Am I reloaded now? Yeah. All right. And then I will just shoot one barrel uh, at whichever one is closest to me. We'll say injured dog or non-injured dog. Uh, the injured dog. That's the one that's going after Sam, right? Right. That's the closest one to you. Okay. Uh, basic success. Okay. Um, you fire, but you miss. I got a 16. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, you, half of what I rolled. You hit the ground next to it and... It it it's still it's completely unperturbed by the gunfire. It's not afraid of anything. Um, so it's lunging at Doctor. It's lunging at Sam. Um, Doctor Harlow. Uh, the dog is lunging at you. Uh, pumping the shotgun and putting another round into it. Okay. Um, do you want to try and dodge then as it leaps or? Sure. Let's go ahead and do a dodge. Kind of one action pumping the gun and getting out of the way. Ot nine. Extreme. Very good. Okay. It lunges and while it's airborne, you sidestep out of the way and it just goes right by you. But you can feel its hot breath. Uh, as it goes by, and you get splattered with some slobber. Uh, Is it safe to say that these aren't, aren't normal Rottweilers? No, they, they, except for the glowing green eyes. Okay. And they are black. Um, uh, Sam. Yep. Sam's going to probably make to dodge any bite and then crack okay. it in the head. It's uh, it's leaping for you. Uh, oh, it got a ten. Ah, failed. All right. Um, this time the creature leaps at you, Sam, and it la latches down on your arm, the one that you're holding your gun with. Okay. Okay. Um, it's gonna roll for damage. One d eight. Where is my 1d8? There it is. Uh, it does three damage, so it, it clamps down on your arm. So uh, is my crowbar hand still free, or is that the arm? Did you mean it a bit? Um, that was the, that's your right hand that it's clamped down on. Okay. 
Um, um, it feels to you too like you can predict its move. Mm-hmm. It's going to pull you down to the ground and rip your throat out if it can. That's what you would do if you were a dog. Yeah. Um, now Sam, Sam's ambidextrous. Uh, <laughs> okay. Just, <laughs> uh, it just, I, I, I just decided on that at the beginning because he's a boxer. He's okay. a, he was a professional boxer. Okay. Um, so I did have the crowbar and I did have the gun. So. What, what hand do you want the dog to be on? Is he on the crowbar hand He's on the or the crowbar. Gun? Okay, right. I just get the butt of the gun and smack it on its skull. Okay. Oh, yes. Nine. Nine. Okay, I got a 71. So you smash it in the side of the head, do a club. Well, I'm not going to think that it's as bad as a full club, so do a yeah. one and six. Okay. Nice. And my damage bonus. Uh, so that's eight, including the damage bonus. Okay, you crack its skull, and uh, it rolls over. It whimpers and rolls over. Okay, there's one left, and it's uh, it's lunging at uh, Doctor Harlow. Um, uh, let's give uh, Doctor Haston a chance. You've reloaded your gun. Yeah, I have I have one more shot in there because I only shot one. That's right. Last round, uh, and I will definitely fire at this animal, and I will miss. Okay, you're still afraid of hitting Doctor Harlow. Um, uh, uh, Doctor uh, Hisney. Yeah. Uh, you see the dog lunging at uh, Doctor Harlow. Want to do anything? Can I shoot, or are they like right on top of each other? Um, they're, they're right on top of each other, but you might be able to pick him off. Nope. Yes. Okay. You also miss. Um, all right. The thing is going to lunge for you, Dr. Harlow. Uh, what do you want to do? Shoot it. Okay. So you're going to try to fight back. Go ahead and Mm -hmm. roll. success standard okay i rolled an 18 so um you try and you try and shoot at it you fire your gun but you miss as it also clamps down on your arm ah and it does uh three points of damage same as the other um all right so you're the only one now struggling uh sam what do you want to do you see rather, struggling with the dog. Rather than try and run over and all that, Sam just aims the gun because that's also his free hand and takes a shot. Okay, now realize he's, if you if you get a, a, a critical, you might hit Dr. Harlow, but go ahead. Dr. Harlow, I'm a good shot. Here goes. Zero three. Come on. Zero three. Zero zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You you we'll just say you put a bullet right through the dog's head. Yay. Um Brian gets right. jaws off my arm. Uh no more dogs. 
and uh, everybody do a spot hidden. Success. Success. Hard success. Okay. You guys, those of you who passed, you guys are panting. You're you're hot. You've been fighting. You look up and you see that the light in the house is turned off. Mm. And nobody's come out. Nobody's come out. Isn't that strange? Yeah. I was hoping for lemonade. Damn. I'm going to see about trying to get my arm fixed up there. Okay. And go over to... Go ahead go and do a, do, a, do a first aid. Any of you that are injured, do a first aid. Yep, success. All right. You sort of, you know, bandage it up with a piece of torn shirt and uh, uh, give yourself one, one point back. Hit point back. Check up on Sam. Make sure he's okay. Yeah, uh, first first aid me because I can't do it. I'm rubbish at that. Okay. You wanna you wanna do a first aid for uh, Sam too, Doctor Harlow? I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Um, don't have the best first aid, but I got a got enough. Um. Barely missed. Can I, uh, uh, 39 out of 30, can I uh, spend uh, luck for that? Sure. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. So you, you can also have a, a point back. All right. So you guys are, let me bring the map up again really quick. Um, you guys are standing in front of the house. What would you like to do? I'm going to suggest, should we run or are we in it? I'm going to look down in in the town. Has there been any activity in the town since these gunshots have been going off? You don't see anything. Nothing's going on in the town. Mm -mm. I don't see, uh, can I I see down to the hotel? It's kind of late. Um, well, other than maybe some trees that are kind of blocking your way. Yeah, you can okay. sort of see down into the town. All right. Is there any indications that my, uh, that my fellows at the, my fellow investigators from the police department are, are coming out to look at this? Mm-mm. This is interesting. If, if all the lights had gone on, I would have said, let's get out of here, you know, but now the light's going out. I think we should press on and just see what the heck's going on here. And there's no activity in the town that I can see. This is weird. Right, hasn't he sharpened that scythe? Let's get moving. All right. <laughs> I think it was Professor Plum in the library with the lead piping. <laughs> that's that's possible. I asked before, but I didn't get an answer. Who has the dynamite? I have a couple pieces of it. Okay. I only, I only brought it like enough just to carry on me. I'm not carrying a huge sack of it, just something in my pockets, maybe a stick or two. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. At the moment, you guys are here. Where do you want to go? Should we knock? <laughs> With our gun. 
I say let's go around to the back where the dogs came from and uh, have a look back there and then maybe see if we can get an interest from the backside. Yeah, that's, that's as good a call as any. Let's do it. Okay, so this direction, that's where the dogs came from. Okay, let's go. All right. Did you say the light was in the second floor or first yeah. floor? Up, up on the on the second floor. Second floor. Second floor, opposite side of, from where we are. You were you were um, uh, you were the tomb was kind of in that direction. Okay, so it would have been second floor, maybe somewhere so above the library. It would have been like yeah, above the library, like there. Okay, not that we know that's a library, but I gotcha. Right. All right. So as you guys come around the side of the building here over here okay this drawing this these arrows is gonna just too much fun so uh, uh you guys come around the side you can see the place where the dogs probably were uh, there's a not really a dog house but there's a couple of bones and things like that not sure if those are animal bones or you know unless you do a closer examination Sure, I'll do a closer examination on that. Okay. Looks like they're probably cow bones. Okay. Big ones. Right. All right. Um, so now you're on the side of the house where the library that you don't know about is. As we're going around, can I, I know the, there's no lights on, but can we... Are we able to look in the window where the, the windows are positioned? Yeah, it's dark inside. Can I put um, the flash the flashlight through to have a look? Um, yeah, uh, it looks like a library. Uh, the walls are, are lined with books. Uh, there's um, there's some strange uh, there's well, it looks like there's there's a big table in the middle. And that there are uh, there are books on the table. Um, it looks like it's used. No sign of any people, though. No. And there's not really dust on the table. Tom, oh. mm -hmm. right. uh, before we move on, I'm gonna. Um, well, Rob's gonna have a look over towards where the standing stone is. Do I see any lights out that way? The standing stone is all the way on the cross on the other side of the, the village. You okay, can't see well, it from here. And it's okay, well, is, is there any like uh, light glow coming from that direction? Nothing. Even though we don't have, okay. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, do you continue on the side of the house? Do you, yes. want to try, do you want to go right around to the kitchen or the back of the house? Let's go to the back. Okay. okay. Um, I, uh, I would like you to do a spot hidden. You can all do it because you're all, you're all looking. Success. Fail. Okay. Success. Um, right about here, uh, you notice that there are there's a set of footprints in the dirt next to the house. Um, they look like dress shoes, not 
not bare feet, not, uh, not the cross heel, not the boots. Um, and when you look over at the big tree, you notice that someone has carved his initials in the side of the tree. Not very big, but it looks fairly fresh. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's DL. David Lane. The tree is climbable. You can see that it goes up and it's right next to a small balcony on the second floor with a, uh, like a French door. Anybody really good at climbing? I've got 45. Are you sure you want to be doing this? Because we know what happened to, to David there, and he might have tried to do that and was caught up there. What in the heck was he doing up here by himself? Probably look doing the same thing we're doing. Trying to get to the bottom of things. I'm just picturing that. At least should we all stop and carve our letters, our initials? <laughs> uh, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case we all die, you know, at least we've got our initials on the tree. Disney was here. Um, uh, I think it'd be a good idea to climb, other than the fact that if there's only one of us up on the next floor, then that's a bit pointless. So maybe we just work our way through the, the ground floor. Yeah. So you're going to continue around the back of the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um. This area here, there is not much room between the house and the cliff. Um, if you want to try to go all the way around, you're going to have to do a dex roll or fall. So there's no door that going out that way. There's no back door. No back door. Okay, well, I'm not going to go back that way. Shall we just put the window in? Get in the window? Is the window big enough for us to get through, Tom? Um, it's big enough for you to get through, but it is not open. It's locked. Well, have crowbar. We'll break window. Hmm. Okay. Sam tries to prise the the window off its hinge. Okay. Um, I don't think that would be that hard with a crowbar. So, uh, I think that you succeed you uh you manage to spring open the window uh that you can see obviously leads into the kitchen okay okay yep um as you step into the kitchen it doesn't look like anyone has used this kitchen for years it's dusty Everything's put away nice and neat, but it's very dusty and dirty. There's no footprints on the floor. Mm-hmm. Guys, is this, this surprising is... you, gentlemen, that this place doesn't look like it's been used in years? It's one of the strangest things I've seen. Is there any kind of modern appliance sort of thing there or electrical? No. 
everything looks like stuff from the at the at the very most maybe the late uh, 1700s early 1800s no toaster or percolator Mm-mm. this is this is well wow. over 100 years old guys are you feeling hungry haston no i could use some coffee yeah but wow. i'm thinking these guys probably ate a lot of cow okay should we eat it should we just head on through work our way through Carefully, guys. We don't know what we're going to face. Okay. Guns out. Guns out. I'm going to use this moment to reload. Making sure throwing a couple extra shells into the into the mag. Yeah, reloading. You know, just as I kind of walk past the cabinet, if assuming this room even has cabinetry in it, you know, I kind of swing one of the doors open and peek to see if there's, like, is there stuff just deteriorating on the shelves or totally empty? Uh, there's nothing but in there but cobwebs. Place is just empty. Methinks the the family moved to other digs. Now there is a door leading out of the kitchen. Uh, uh, both there's two doors leading out of the kitchen. Both of them are on the eastern side of the the room. Um, there's a, a north one and a south one, which you know they're on that wall. But there's one that way and there's one that. Way. You want to go out the the top one or the bottom one? Does the top one take us to the library direction? Yes, that would be yeah. in that direction. Shall we? Shall we go kind of there? Assuming we're all safe, go that go that direction, guys. That all right? Okay. All right. Except technically, didn't we? We looked in the window, so don't we technically know what's in that room? Yeah, it just intrigued me as to what was all out in the table. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you go through the door. The door is not locked. Um, right outside the door on your left-hand side, there is a small door, probably a closet. Um, to your right, there are stairs going down, probably to a basement. There's no door there either. And up ahead, uh, you can see the door that probably leads into the library on your left-hand side. Um, who has the flashlight? I've got one. All right. Do a spot hidden for me. Uh, extreme success. Extreme success. Very good. Uh, that means that you see... Uh, very clearly in the dust on the floor, there are trails. Does it look like shoe prints? Or, yeah. Or cross heel? You are, uh, you are here. Okay. Uh, Yes, definitely the cross heel. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's almost as if there's one individual living here. You know, it's so quiet with lots of dogs. But, guys, what do you want to do? Are you happy to go and check the library out before we head let's upstairs sure, or downstairs? Or? Let's make sure this floor is safe first before we do anything. Yeah, it's worth checking the closet first, maybe. Just open yeah. the door, point the gun in, open the door, put the flashlight in. 
there are a few old pieces of furniture and stuff like that in the closet, very dusty. But other than that, it doesn't look like anybody's opened that closet for years. Now that we don't have the aid of moonlight, I just wanted to mention I'm going to flip my flashlight on too, so we'll have a secondary light source. Okay. I wasn't using it previously. Let's go check out the rooms we don't know anything about over here, especially where this trail leads. Okay. Um, so as you as you walk in that direction, you come to a small door. When you look inside, you realize it's a little dining room. Um, there is a big table. Looks like at some point in the past, they, they entertained at least 12 or 15 people at a time. Um, but it's very dusty, except one chair and one spot on the table that's fairly clean. Uh, but there's no utensils or anything there. It's just... It looks like whoever comes in and out of this room just comes there, sits in that one spot, and then leaves. Hmm. Okay. Just head through the double doors into the next room then, guys. Uh, the living room has pieces of furniture that are covered in sheets and dust. And it doesn't look like anybody ever comes in here. Sheets? Oh. Interesting. We could all dress up as ghosts and terrify the person. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. Well, let's have a yeah. look at the library and then go up, go up, then go down, I say. Well, as we leave the living room, between the entry, well, where it says entry hall on the map, between the stairs and the front door, there's, there's no footprints in there? Yeah, that's not. No one's uh, even going out or in the front door? Doesn't look like it. What the hell is up with that? I don't know. This is as weird as heck. I think they're coming from down, to be honest. Oh, maybe there's another way in that we haven't found. Uh, a storm cellar or something. Yeah, like I said, uh, we were talking about tunnels coming up and down through here. I think that's where everything leads to, ultimately. Um, Do another spot hidden for me. Now that you're looking. Pass. Okay. Those of you who pass, you do notice other footprints in the dust sort of following along with the others. And you're pretty sure they match the ones outside, David's. So David was obviously here exploring, looking around too. Sam says to the, the professors, you know, what fool would go about exploring a house like this in the middle of the night, you know? Here's the thing that has me concerned is that, uh, you know, he was exploring here and he got caught. Yeah. Um, but then there was say, one... What's to say they're not waiting for us somewhere here? True, but then we've got guns and I doubt David was maybe ready for all that. True. Are you, when you got when you see so you guys actually mention that aloud that you see David's footprint, yeah, is there a difference in size between David's footprint and the other footprint that we've seen moving through here? Not not noticeably. Okay, 
and it's but the other footprints that are moving through here are very uniform could we yes. assume they're being made by the same shoe it's not a big yes. difference correct okay so where are you to, heading to the library okay so it look as you approach the library as you push open the door this room seems like it is used quite a bit. Um, it's actually fairly clean. It's, uh, it's almost completely devoid of dust. Uh, there are a lot of old books. Uh, obviously, the, the walls are lined in them. And as you are looking around, uh, there is a large portrait on the... Uh, on the uh, the western wall. That would be the Spaniard. I'm more worried about the wallpaper than the picture on the wall. Oh, <laughs> that's just my wallpaper. <laughs> Is, does, what's that thing on his shoulder look like? I mean, from here it looks like a spider. It's kind of like a rat, but it has glowing green eyes, like those oh. dogs did. Okay. Creepy fellow. All right. Um, within the library itself, you, you, you look around at some of the books. And some of them you recognize. You definitely recognize the cannibal book. There's one of those in here. There's books written in Spanish and Latin and German. And um, If you uh, do a, an occult role, you can all do occult roles. Yes. Um, Dr. Professor Hisney, you, uh, you notice a couple of volumes that you, you have probably heard of before, uh, things that have to do with uh, witches, like the, uh, I don't have any words written down, but like the Maleficarum and the, the Grand Grimoire and things like that. Um, uh, the witch hammer, things like that, uh, that are rare, rare books uh, associated with uh, dark magic and things like that. Is there a copy a, of Diavolo? What's that? Is there the a Ma copy of the Magini del Diavolo? Yeah, there it is. Hey, all right. <laughs> I heard that was a good book. And uh, and Corvus, what is it? Uh, the Narratio de, de Tilius Corvus. <laughs> All right, I don't think this surprises anybody. I'll mention it to everybody. Well, one thing that does surprise me is that if he's got all these books here, um, what's up with the, what's going on in the uh, town library? Because he has his own private room there. Why, I mean, is it more books or is it, you know, why, why would he have two different uh, libraries? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit odd. 
But then again, if this is a, you know, set up to make people think people are up here, maybe the downtown library is back up. So where to next? Shall we head upstairs, considering there was a light on upstairs? Or do you want do you want to go to the basement? There's a there's a way down, a way up. I'd say let's uh let's go up, but let's two of us stay down here while two go up. That way if somebody tries sneaking from behind, we can uh raise an alert. Well, I'm happy to go up. All right. So Sam is heading up. Who else is going with him? One somebody. Don't be scared. I'm not leaving Sam's side. I'll stick down here. All right. So Haston and uh, Harlow are staying downstairs. Sure. And uh, Hisney and... Why is it at this point in the game that I realize that Hisney, Haston, and Harlow all start with H. <laughs> Jeez, I should start paying attention more. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like the three stooges. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, uh, Hisney and uh, Steele start heading upstairs, and you can see quite distinctly um, that the carpeting on the stairs themselves is worn that uh, the dust is, uh, is, you know, brushed to the side, that somebody's been going up and down the stairs. Um, you see evidence both of the cross heel and of uh, David. Um, when you get to the top of the stairs, uh, there is a distinction that you notice. Um, David's footprints if you will, seem to have come from across, uh, just right across from where the the top of the stairs is. Um, Probably the room that has the tree that goes up to the balcony. Uh, The other set of footprints continues on down the hall uh, and heads probably, if this is the second floor, probably to a bedroom. Before we go any further, I want to kind of motion to the Haston and Harlow maybe to kind of make their way halfway up the stairs at least so that we can kind of communicate if, if we're going to carry on exploring this, this uh, level. Sounds like a good idea. Sure. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, okay. Shall we... Uh, Hesney, shall we go around and get the, the room on the far side, at the top, top of the map? Yeah, can I just clarify something, Tom? The, the footprints of Lane coming from the guest room, mm-hmm. did they pretty much come out of the guest room and go downstairs then? Correct. So in other words, okay, so the other set is, they don't intermingle. Okay. Uh, well... There, there's also evidence that the cross-shaped ones do go to that balcony, but David's don't go towards the master bedroom. Yeah, okay. That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, sure, yeah, well, let's check out the... Just work our way around. We'll do the, the room at the top, Tom. Okay. Get, 
Um, it's almost completely empty. There's a few pieces of furniture covered in sheets. It's very dusty. Uh, there are also doors, at, by the way, at the end of the hall that go out onto the main balcony out in the front of the house. Okay. Maybe check the guest room next because we realize that that's probably where David came in and uh, check that. Okay. Um, that's That looks like it's exactly what happened, that the, the French doors are not closed, that David must have climbed up the tree, climbed onto the balcony, and then made his way into the house this direction. Uh, there's very little in this guest room like the other one. Hesney, what do you think? We go back past the top guest room, we go out onto the balcony and get a, try and get a view and, oh no, that's a door into the master bedroom that way. I'm just thinking if there is somebody about with the light going on earlier, try to surprise them a little bit if there's anybody around here. Mm -hmm. Does that sound okay? Is your light still on? Maybe we could do better without the light on. We're yeah, sneak, yeah, sneak yeah. yeah, good idea. Because we'll have moonlight anyway once we get out onto the balcony. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we head around the top again, Tom, put the torch off and along the balcony. Okay. Uh, and where are you heading? Towards the master bedroom. Okay. So you head over towards the master bedroom. Um, do a spot hidden for me before you get there. Both of us are just. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you both do it. Pass for me. Okay. No, no. Okay. So Sam, as you're, as you're walking towards the master bedroom, there's a railing. And the railing looks down on the uh, the entryway down below. Um. You notice something odd about the top of the railing. It's mostly dusty, but there's something, something has ran along the top of the railing. Uh, could it be like a rat? Uh, but when you look closer, it's like little handprints. Perfect little handprints, but very small. Rat-sized, not child-sized. Rat-sized, not child-sized. Uh, a whisper to Hisney. Um, don't want to creep you out, but check this. <laughs> Success. I did not want to see that. Do you remember that thing in the shop? I remember that thing in the shop. Why don't you guys do a sanity roll? Yeah. <laughs> uh, passed. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I yes. I failed. I failed, actually. Okay. If you pass, take a one, one, just one point. If you failed, do a 1d3. Because the creep level up here has gotten really, really creepy. Okay. That, uh, that's really creeped me out. I uh, got a three. Okay. Yeah, it's really creepy. You got a strong desire to get the fuck out of this house. 
I'm imagining uh, Professor Hisney's following along behind Mr. Steele, and he's got his gun out and his hands shaking. Like, all right. So you get to the doors of the master bedroom, and you open them up, and once again, this room seems fairly clean. Um, there is a very large uh, uh, canopied, you know, bed. Uh, with uh, four posts and the canopy on top of it. Um, very fancy looking, but very, very antiquated. You know, something like from the, the 16th century. Um, there's a couple of dressers. Uh, there's an, uh, uh, an armoire uh, with uh, clothes in it, but the clothes also look like they're threadborne and old uh, threadbare and old, uh, like 17th, 18th century clothing. Um, there's a black velvet robe uh, that's the same style as the one that's at the shepherd's barn, that you saw at the shepherd's barn. And other than that, the room is just like a big bedroom. There's an impression in the bed, uh, but it doesn't look like the bed is used that often. Is there any more paintings in the wall? Um, there are a few, mostly of, uh, they look kind of Spanish. Maybe there's a few paintings that uh, resemble stuff by Goya. I, I put the torch back on at this point and uh, have a look about the dresser or whatever next to the bed or round about. Is there any, anything just of interest in the top drawer or lying on top of anything? Doesn't look like it. Nothing, no, no journal, no, uh, no correspondence. There is uh, on on a on a little desk. There is a uh, a pen set, you know, uh, a quill, but uh, that doesn't look like it's been used in a long, long time. How about when you said that we noticed the the light from before? It looked like a kerosene lamp or something. Is there a kerosene lamp in the room? Uh, there is. And if I touch the outside, does it feel warm? Hmm. Go ahead and do a touch roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that it feels like it could could have been lit recently. Because uh, I was, it, it smells a little bit like okay. that. Oil. Yeah, it kind of. That was part of my fear is that he didn't take the light because he can see well in the dark. Sam has this kind of shiver as he's thinking about these little hand stroke footprints on the, the balcony and uh, looks under the bed with the torch with his pistol out. <laughs> um, well, you don't notice... Uh, anything under the bed. Uh, however, you do find places around the room where you think you can see those little footprints. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm happy to move on, isn't he? What about you? Mm -hmm. Let's check on the other guys. Okay. Yeah. 
while you guys are up there, what are you guys doing downstairs? It was my intention to, to hold my spot on the stairs and make sure nothing comes through that front door or okay. up the stairs behind us. Same thing here. Um, nothing happens. There's no, you can okay. hear them creaking on the floorboards upstairs. Okay. But there's no sudden noises or anything like that. Except that you hear, uh, you hear Sam say, holy hell. <laughs> Kind of wince a bit. Holy hell, Professor. <laughs> um, all right. They start coming back down the stairs. So you all meet, you're all meeting down at the bottom of the stairs. How's it looking up there? Empty, creepy, uh, little footprints like some kind of rat child. So I don't know. But there's more, like the, more like the thing we all saw at Latumba there, huh? Yeah. Yeah, too, too, too much like that, actually. Hmm. It's uh, it's really Sam looks a wee bit kind of fl flustered, you know. He's a bit shaken by it. But uh, there's this is our top floor, isn't it? So it looks like we're going down. Mm -hmm. uh, we we explain about the footprints, David's footprints, and all that. Okay. So, uh, you come to the place where the stairs lead down into the basement and just shining your light down there. You can see that they go down um, quite a ways and then there's a landing and they turn a corner. So you're still at the top of the stairs um, that you can only fit maybe one person at a time going down. So yeah, I'm a little concerned about this here. I mean, this looks like where David may have gone. And where he may have been uh, taken. Did anybody bring a grenade? <laughs> Sam, I only Sam, got connections to the police department, not the National Guard Armory. Sam doesn't mind going first, you know. I've already been bitten and creeped out, so I, I, I'll head down, but I want somebody with a shotgun over my shoulder, you know. Yeah, I'll come down second. Okay. I'll take the rear with my shotgun in case if something comes from the back. Okay. You are, it's a little confusing here. You're coming down this direction and then going this direction. Does that make sense? Yep. So Sam puts a flashlight on. He's not bothered about somebody seeing a light. Um, one thing that you notice as you come down the stairs is you can smell blood, meat, something like blood or meat, like a slaughterhouse, an avatar. Oh, this is all too familiar. Did we bring some of that kerosene with us? Oh, we've got dynamite, haven't we? Yeah, we have and both. A little, and a little bit of kerosene. Oh boy. Okay. I just look look at the guys in the eyes and say let's let's proceed carefully. All right. So when you get to the bottom of the landing, you're here. Uh there is a door to your left. Is that smell particularly strong coming from the door, 
or in the other direction, or is it just all through the it's whole area? A, it's a fairly narrow, confined area. Uh, you can see down towards the end uh, a flicker of light, but it looks like it's from the furnace. There's okay. a furnace in here. Um, a lit uh, furnace. But the smell is pretty, pretty prevalent down here. Okay, I just say to the guys, are you ready? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna push this door open. Okay. So I kind of what kind of sorry, Tom. I want to just kind of push the door open if I can, but not okay. just walk right into the room. Do you want to kind of check it? Okay. Move in. When you push the door open, you are immediately assaulted by a the smell of of slaughtered meat. Um, looking into the room, there are uh, hooks uh, hung from the ceiling with. At, at first, you're not sure what they are, but uh, they're about the size of, uh, oh, like a big man's shoe. Um, they're, they're bumpy, and they're pink, and they're hanging from these hooks. And then you realize that they are cow's tongues. And uh, they are hanging from these hooks. Cow's tongues. Yeah, maybe, maybe thirty or forty of them. Do you remember the mutilations stories? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why the tongues? I mean, yeah, granted, tongues are you can eat them, but I mean, when you got a lot of good other good meat, if not better meat, on the cow, why just the tongue? Or is it convenient? Uh, the room itself has, of course, blood splatters on the floor, and there's a, a table in there that looks like it might be used for cutting up meat. The, uh, smell, is, the smell is pretty nauseating. Actually, do a constitution roll, all of you. Close the door. Close the door. Lot four. Ooh, I just passed. Just passed. Okay. Did you all pass? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. You feel extremely, extremely nauseous. You have to sort of separate yourself oh. from the others. Um, I've been in some bad places like this, but oh, something about this. Oh. Uh. Sam swings the, the flashlight across the floor of the room. There's nothing else just apart from all that stuff hanging up. Nope. Looks and like this is where they hang their meat. Okay, pull the door over quickly. Okay. Um, okay, there's right. another there's another door just next to the stair there, guys. Okay. Um, that proves also to be a storage house. There's other pieces of meat in there too, but there's still a lot of tongues. Hmm. What is this all about? I'm just curious about the whole tongue thing. Why the tongue specifically? When they were mutilating those cows, they were taking the tongues and the genitals? Is that, is that what it was? Yep. It was, according to the article. Just wait till we get to that room. <laughs> uh. Why these specific pieces? That's, that's the thing that's baffling me. And why is there a furnace on when this place doesn't even look lived in? 
And why is there a furnace in here to begin with? This place looks like it hasn't been used for over 100 years to have a furnace in here. Is it actually running? Yeah, look at the light. Oh. It looks like it's fairly low, but it's running. Gas furnace? No. Coal? Maybe wood. Wood, okay. It's probably sure. one of the newest things here in the in the house. But why? But it. It looks it, pretty it, old. It's an old cast iron looking thing. Yeah, still one of the newest things in the house. Should we just right. check out check out the other doors then, guys? The one in the south wall and then the north wall. Carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like you to do a. Uh, we'll we'll make it a spot hidden. No, no, better like a, a listen. We'll. Pass. Pass. Fail. All right. Fail. If you pass, uh, as you are entering this area, uh, you are pretty sure that you hear something from over here. You guys are here. Oh, something past the furnace. Something's moving past the furnace. Put our flashlight over there. Well, I put my flashlight over that way and train my gun on wherever the noise is coming from. Okay. Um, as soon as you shine your light over here, uh, there is suddenly sort of a scrambling noise, and two men uh, come around the corner. Uh, they have black hair and green eyes and they are for lack of better terms they're almost feral looking uh, they're bare feet their clothing is torn um, their fingernails are long and unclean and they growl and you can <laughs> see their their facial features are deformed uh, they're a lot more like the Rottweilers uh, their teeth are they have uh, canines and they immediately just spring at you viciously. Shit. So what do you do? Oh, you said shoot? Yeah. Or did you yeah. say shoot? <laughs> I, I went shoot quickly. Oh, yeah, Belter. I got a zero seven. Okay. Uh, you hit the first one. What what damage do you do? Uh, that was rubbish. One point of damage. Okay, you just nick him. Hold on. Did you say you got an O seven? Yes, I did. Yeah. That's an impale, I believe. Is it a crit? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it's an, an impale. So that's max damage plus that one point. All right, 11 points then. Okay. Um, that was a bit better. Uh, you, you blow its whole shoulder and arm off. Uh, it's still coming, but, well, it's not coming much. It's, it's seriously injured. The other one is coming, though. And, Die, you uh, rabbit scum. Yeah, I'll shoot at the other one then. Okay. Uh, pass with a 29. Okay. How far away would you say it is? Is it 10 yards now or less or uh, more? Yeah, it's not 10 yards. It's more like 10 feet. 
Okay. You're in the same room with it. Sixteen points. Are you serious? Um, yeah, you basically blow its head off. Okay. And if anybody wants to dispatch the other one, that's pretty easy. So we'll say you kill them both. Uh, still, there's no noise. Ow, my um, ears hurt. Oh. Yes. Yeah, your ears really. Ow. Hurt. Ow. What? <laughs> oh. Glad I didn't hear that. I'm just glad it wasn't a rat thing. I just didn't want to see a rat thing. <laughs> uh, let's maybe creep round the corner a little bit and see if there's any more of them getting ready to blast. Okay. As you creep around the corner, going in that direction, you can see that this area is kind of like a little bivouac where maybe they sleep. Uh, there's some old ripped up blankets on the ground. There's, uh, uh, it's pretty nasty. There's probably feces and, and other things here, like a, like a dog's nesting place. There is also a little archway and the stairs leading down further. And from that area, you can smell 10 times as much nasty, worse. The ground is filthy. Um, there may be lots more of these things downstairs. I suggest we move these to these bodies out of the way so they're not immediately discovered. Yeah, and I'm I think we're going to have to look downstairs, but why don't we uh, take a look in these other two rooms before we do yeah, that? Yeah, I'm seeing another two rooms here, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the one on the south is just another storage room. Uh, in this case, it seems to have uh, just uh, more of the same, you know. Bodies in here. Yeah. If you cover them up, all the better. Yeah. They're going to get um, found, but the, the less chance they have of being found, the more time we can bide. All right. Um, so now you're going to go to uh, the north. Um, what do you want to do? Um, You've got two different doors you can go through. The one, the filthy door or the not so filthy door. Not so filthy? Well, the one near the furnace is not, not filthy. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, when you open that door, uh, you're quite taken aback as you, as the door opens, uh, this room seems to be clean. Um, spotlessly. So it's a laboratory of some sort. Uh, uh, this is there familiar. are, there are various, uh, chemicals, uh, being, uh, in beakers and things that are being manufactured or put together. There are, uh, instruments here and there. Uh, some of these things look very modern. Um, just Hello. as modern as they could be. And standing uh, on the other end of the room uh, is the man in the portrait, Bernardo de Diaz. 
And he turns to you and he says, but gentlemen, uh, who are you? Why have you come here? Uh, he says, I, I, don't, I don't have guests very often. It's, uh, it's quite an honor to have you here. And uh, he has a very strong Spanish accent. And he says, I suppose you're trying to figure out what all this is about. And I would like you to all do a power roll. Pass with an extreme. Yeah, ought four. Critical fail. Okay. How about you, Jeff? Uh, fail by six points. Okay. Um, Sam. Uh, you're listening to the sound of Bernardo de Diaz's voice and it's lyrical and it's refined and it's, it's mesmerizing. In fact, you can't stop listening to his voice as he talks on and on. Um, you find that you can't move, that you are, uh, completely hypnotized. And the same goes for you also, uh, Dr. Hisney. Um, uh, the other two, uh, you feel this sort of wave of, of not quite euphoria, but you feel like you want to listen to what he's saying. And at the same time, there's something very wrong here. Um, you can also notice that as he is speaking to you, uh, uh, his hands are doing things like this. Leveling the shotgun to him uh, and say, hold it right there and stop what you're doing. Okay. As you say that, as you do that, there is an ear-piercing screech that comes from somewhere else in the room and a flash of shiny blackness leaps through the air and lands right on your face, okay? Um, uh, and uh, Dr. Haston, what you see leaping out of the darkness and uh, landing on Dr. Harlow's face is this. <laughs> and it's going <laughs> like this and uh, clawing at your face, Dr. Harlow. Uh, do... Uh, uh, two points of damage. Ah. Shoot it, Haston. No, I had my gun trained on uh, on what's his nuts over there. So I, I'm I'm pulling the trigger on him and screaming at Sam to get them get the monkey. You've, you've noticed that Sam's gun's just hanging at his side and he's standing. 
All right. Uh, go ahead and roll uh, for trying to hit uh, the DS. That is an ot four again. Okay. Um, I only had one shell left in because I did not reload though. Uh, you hit uh, Bernardo de Diaz right in the middle and it tears up his clothing um, and he sort of falls back against the counter um, but in the next moment you see him looking down at the wound and he brings his hand up and sort of does this and you can see on his ring finger is a big ruby on the ring. And as he does that, the wound disappears. The rips and tears to his clothes don't disappear, but the wounds do. And he's like, uh, it's like, good try. And then he just once again starts doing this. Once again, do a power roll for me. Me too, or am I too? Uh, you're, you're preoccupied with okay. screaming monkey on your face. I I only made the power roll by three. I'm not sure what you needed me to do. I got 47 out of 50. Okay, you made it. Um, you know that he's trying to cast some sort of spell on you. Okay. Um, Dr. Harlow. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. The other two can now do a power roll again because somebody just fired off a gun. Nope. Fail. Okay. You guys, you guys are like, ah, it's like music in here. <laughs> um, all right, Dr. Harlow, what are you going to do with this thing on your face? Try to rip the monkey off and, or monkey thing off and toss it at the, at, at Diaz. Okay. Uh, do a brawl. I hope it's okay. We're going a little over. Fail miserably. Okay, it uh, it once again tries to clamp down its little teeth on you. Ah! And uh, it, it succeeds. Um, it does... Where is it? Oh, okay. Uh, it just does one dent down, uh, one point of damage, but it hurts. Yeah, I'm not looking too good. This thing's mauling my face up. Badly. Um, Dr. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Haston. Okay. Uh, um, you just witnessed I'm him kill himself. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I'll try to grab this thing off of Harlow's face and, and, and pull it off of him. Okay. Do a grapple or a crawl. Uh, I gave a pass, 26 out of 40. Okay. Um, so you grab a hold of the thing and you manage to pull it off. And as you do, uh, what what tribe are you from? Kobe. As you pull the thing off and it twists its little head around and looks at you, it says something. It says, it says, Leave me alone. But it says it in Hopi. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay. You can do a sanity roll on that one. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, I failed that. <sighs> okay. One D four. I take two. Okay. Um, why don't the two uh, the two of you who are mesmerized go ahead and do another power roll? See if you can do something. Um. No. I got exactly my power score, so I think that's a pass. Okay. Uh, Dr. Hisney, you start to shake it off. You're not sure where you are for a few seconds. Uh, next round, you'll be fully conscious. Okay. Um, Sam? Oh, I wasn't successful pulling it off then? Yes, you were, but it, okay. uh, it told you to let go, so it scared the crap out of you. Okay. Um, Sam failed. Sam... I'm going to say that at this point, you just suddenly keel over. Uh, you seem completely out of it, completely unaware of everything. Um, Dr. Harlow. I'm just opening up and yeah, with the sh with shotgun on Diaz. Okay, go ahead. As long as nobody's in the way. At nine. Okay. Uh, once again, you fire. Um, uh, how much damage? Uh, let's see, what's the damage on the shotgun here? Double check. Um, I think it's 46 because we're close. 46, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. And there's no impale for shotguns. That's because they go. <laughs> yeah. Unless you were using a slug, which I don't think you were, but. 13. Okay. Uh, once again, your blast hits him right about here and literally blows parts of him away. And the next second you see him once again, move with this giant rubied hand. Uh, across the wound and it disappears. Now I'm seeing that. So yeah. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Go ahead. What, uh, Doctor Hisney, you're you're coming out of it. What would you like to do? Um, the the monkey now is leaping around the room very quickly, and you don't know where the attack is going to come or who is going to attack, but it moves like lightning. Having seen him wave his hand with the ring, I'm going to try to shoot his hand. Okay. What are you? What's your gun? What are you firing? Uh, it's a 38 snub nose. Okay. It's a 37, which is a pass, unless you want me to do a penalty roll because it's a small target. Do a do a luck roll. Uh-oh. Uh, fail. Okay. You fire and uh, you hit him in the arm, but not his hand. And uh, once again, he just very quickly manages to heal the damage. Okay. Um, who's next? Um... I'm going to skip you, Sam, because you're kind of unconscious at the moment. I think I go next. Go ahead, Aston. 
Is there equipment between uh, he and I? Not, not directly between you, but to either side. I, uh, I want to dive at him and see if I, I can just tackle him and grab his arm. Okay. Got a and uh, I I could spend two points and get a success at a forty. Would that be worthwhile? Jeff, are, you, are you allowed to use lux on on an attack? Technically, no. Oh, okay. Well, then, well, then I got a forty-two and I failed. Okay. Uh, but you came close. Okay. You're literally right next to him. Um, at this point, you notice um, uh, De Diaz is chanting something and making signs in the air. Uh, uh, Dr. Harlow, go ahead and... Okay. Um, so... Uh... Dr. Hassan's right next to him there, so. Uh, um, I'm going to rush up and smack his hands with the butt of my shotgun to to stop him from moving around. Okay. Actually, kind of smack his hands. It's, it's going to be a one-action smack hands and then clock him in the face. Okay. So what you're going to try to do? All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, standard pass. Okay. Um, he got a 35. So he actually is kind of protecting the ring. So you hit him, but, uh, it's kind of like hitting rock. He's pretty, pretty tough. Right. He moves his hand before you can hit the ring. Um, the little monkey thing leaps onto Sam's back ah. and looks like it's going to bury its fangs in the back of his neck. You guys see that. Sam, you don't do anything. It's like being tickled by a by an angel. <laughs> He's having a dream about getting a little massage. Um, do any of you want to act, react to that? I guess, well, let's see. Hisney, you're right next to De Diaz, so you can't. Uh, uh, Doctor, I'm sorry, uh, that was Haston. Hisney, what do you want to do? Yeah, if I see that happen, I'm going to try to kick that thing and get it off. Okay. Don't don't mess. Uh, missed, but not a crit miss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good. Puts a crit miss to kick poor Sam. Um, Legs a little wobbly. Uh, you kick, but you miss. And as you do that, the thing looks up at you and it hisses, and it says something uh, along the lines of, "You know, I'm going to kill you next, motherfucker." Uh, and uh, it says it in English. <laughs> Sounds like the devil. Um, Can I just right? tell you, Tom, that? When I was a young child, I was attacked by a spider monkey. Oh, so so thanks a lot for this. I'm gonna have nightmares. 
You need to take another sanity roll. Take another sanity roll. Oh man. Uh, Dr. Haston, you're right next to De Diaz. What do you want to do? Yeah, I'm going to keep trying to grab at that hand and, and wrench that ring off of him. Okay. Um, go ahead and do it. Uh, uh, grapple. Uh, success this time. Okay, and he got a 90. I got a 30. So you managed to grab a hold of his hand. Okay. And uh, why don't you do a strength roll to get rank the ink there? Uh, 38 out of 50. Okay. Um, you can tell in that moment that he is struggling to not let you do that. But the second that the ring clears his finger, he just stops. He collapses to the floor. Um, he doesn't breathe his last. He just collapses. And almost immediately begins to decay right in front of you and do a sanity roll. Um, when the monkey sees this, it screeches and it, uh, it runs, it runs and it hits the door and it goes out. This is the filthy door. Fail. Fail on sanity. Okay. Uh, 1d, 1d6. One, two. Oh, you're so lucky. You're both lucky. <laughs> yeah, that could have gone back because I already took a couple when we got down here. All right. You can hear the monkey outside screeching, and you're almost dead sure it's running for that uh, that stairs going down. Uh, but the Diaz is dead, and the ruby is there in your hand. Uh, I'm going to throw the ruby in my pocket and see what, what's going on with Sam. I'm worried about Sam. Okay. Sam, you immediately come too. Uh, you don't know why you're lying on the floor face down. Um, but um, what uh, happened, guys? What happened? Pulled the ring off his finger. Monkey thing. Let me go ahead and epilogue this at this point. Um, uh, you immediately, you start to hear noise coming from down below. Um, it's not quite the epilogue, but you hear noise coming from down below. It sounds like howling, sounds like many voices, but they're all growls and dogs. Like there's a whole bunch of dogs downstairs, down in the, the catacombs beneath the mountain. Um, let's to say for the sake of finishing that you throw a couple of sticks of dynamite down there and you run and you get out of the house and uh, the whole house and everything blows up and it comes crashing down and um, you manage to get out of town and survive to see another day. Uh, and that's more or less the end of the story. <laughs> um, along the way, uh, you know, depending on whether you know we can do it right away or if rob comes back that stone's going away that's the root of the evil for for rob he's gonna make sure that's gone well all right we'll say that you know even if you have to sneak back later in the middle of the night and at some point and blow that thing up and uh -huh. um do 
I'm going to have you all do a collectively a, a, a luck roll. Just to finish this off. Pass. Fail. Pass. And Jeff? Triple zero. Ooh. Uh-oh. Wow, that you made it hard to, to decide what happens, but uh, we'll just say that um, you have a serious problem with the law because townsfolk ultimately are saying that you crazy people came into their town and blew things up with dynamite, including Bernardo de Diaz's house with him in it. Um, your detective friends are kind of in a odd position because for all intents and purposes that looks like exactly what you did um but we'll say that after a lot of legal problems you guys managed to come out of it all right do you have any questions oh backstory <laughs> um rather simply bernardo de diaz and the villa uh, valela Pereiras, the two families were uh, wizarding families. Um, they both graduated from Hogwarts. No, they didn't. Uh, they'd come here during the Spanish Inquisition to escape the Inquisition. Um, once they were here and established themselves, they managed to get some other families, the Herreras, the Garcias. All of them had witches in their, their past that were fleeing uh, persecution, some from Arkham some from Salem, uh, and they had sort of established this community. Now, everybody wasn't aware of that. Um, the guy running the hotel had no idea. Um, the Diaz had, a uh, hundred years ago, made a deal with the Catholic priest uh, to basically, uh, you take care of your people and you stay out of our business. Uh, otherwise, we'll kill you all. And so they kind of, they've always, now not, not this particular priest, but priests in the past have just basically not meddled. Um, they were basically offering up child sacrifice to Yog sothoth and the, they, they did it for magical influence. And over the years, it had deformed them because of their sort of... Uh, proximity to Yog sothoth and things like that. Um, most of the rest of it is just sort of flavor. Uh, I'm not okay. sure what the statues were, but they were probably Cho-Cho or something like that. And um, they, they were transforming kind of into dog-like creatures. Underneath the mountain was catacombs that just had maybe 300 of these creatures. And they had gotten... I guess they had gotten out of hand because normally there were a few and mm -hmm. they'd, they'd grown in number. And that's why the cattle were being slaughtered in larger mm -hmm. and larger and larger numbers to feed them more or less. And they only liked privates and tongues. I guess that's what the thing <laughs> said that they were, they were just being mutilated. Um, so what happened so to Gottfried? there you know what was his his deal all all the all the instructions say is that he and david just got too close 
and they were sacrificed. Um, They did have the evidence that David had snuck into the house. So, uh, yeah, Diaz said, Diaz was faking his death every 40 years or 60 Mm -hmm. years. What was under the barn? Uh, That was a a servitor. Servitor, Uh, okay. Basically, they were they would take that thing out and take it over to the, uh, the obelisk and they'd offer up child sacrifices to it. And the thing was eating what was left. That's why the bones all had like little marks on it, but not, Mm. uh, and then the, I never actually got to say it out loud, but the little marmoset thing was named. uh, It had a stupid name in the actual original. Sorry, I don't mean to offend who wrote it, but Greedy Gut is just a silly name for a demonic uh, <laughs> entity. And I named it... What the hell did I name it? Uh, Bernardo. I named it... Um, uh uh malvadito <laughs> little evil one mm-hmm. or he also could call it uh brujito little witch and, and it, it had intelligence so where did it come from was it um it's it's akin to brown jenkins the rat thing it's mm-hmm. just it took a different form in this case it was a marmoset thing all right mm-hmm. so let me finish it up our players included Ken Trench, Jeff Wilkins, Ford Fitch, and Fred Carter with yours truly as a Keeper of the Secrets. Uh, we have a couple new patrons. Uh, one of our own players, David Gaskin, has pledged $5 a month. And one of our listeners, Max Loudermilch, has pledged $10 a month. Thank you so much, David and Max. Thanks, guys. If you would like to become a patron, our Patreon account, uh, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest episodes. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm-hmm.